With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, the Reds, it is the weekend, the show from the Anfield Wrap. Uh, myself, Gareth Roberts, as Amelia, Damien Cavana, and Paddy Fitzsimmons. We're getting excited about the fact that the proper football is back. Uh, no more of this international stuff until the end of March. It means we can knuckle down and find out exactly how good Liverpool are and what they are made of. There is a game every three or four days now for the foreseeable. The Premier League, the Champions League, the World Club Cup, the League Cup, all of these things on the agenda for Liverpool Football Club. Uh, Damien, I'll, I'll start with you, mate. I mean, so far we've seen Klopp leaning on a core of players. Uh-huh. Um, six players have appeared in all 12 Premier League games so far. Firmino, Van Alden, Robertson, Van Dijk, Trent and Mane. Three have played in 11. Fabinho, Salah, Henderson. And you'd, you'd throw Alisson in if he wasn't injured. He would have been yeah. in there as well. So basically, there's been like a sort of core of 18 outfield players that he's used so far. When it's 11 wins from 12, you can't really criticise that, oh, that plan. Yeah. But from here on in, as I've just said, it's going to ramp up now. It's going to get a lot more hectic. Yeah. Do you see some of the peripheral players, the squad members now, coming in and playing a part? Oh, 100%, yeah. I think he's got it bang on, hasn't he? I mean, the, the table doesn't lie. Stats are great. What an unbelievable start. I think he's wanted to start. Looked at the fixture list and thought, some tough games in there. We've got a tougher start as anybody in the league. Let's get the points on the board. Let's start as we mean to go on. That's worked. I think he's been, a, maybe, if he was honest, he'd be a bit surprised that we were so far ahead at this stage, given the fixtures. And so now it's a question of um, just continuing what we've been doing. But the core of the team, I like the, I like the idea that Jürgen wants to work with a squad of about 18 players instead of getting like two players for every position. Mm. You know, It's very difficult to keep them all happy um, a number of them are uh, versatile and so that means that he can be involved more often and he can switch his formation a little bit so that helps with that and this is how you get players who um, don't get on the pitch in Madrid jumping around with the trophy as if they've won it themselves personally that, yeah. that's, that, that's a, the nature of what Jürgen is togetherness that he brings you know and it's not just a question of hugging people it's a strategy and it's worked but now given the, uh, the physical nature of the relentless fixture schedule you've got players there I mean look at Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain I mean, he's getting a, he's getting his minutes in matches that don't count because they're for England. Well, that's good, isn't it? You know, when he's getting up to scratch, he's got a knife for a goal. It's make or break for um, Kaiser, I think. He's got all the, the talents, all the raw ingredients that you'd ask for. Um, you can be kind to him and say he's being injured. But now you've got an opportunity here to keep the core. You're talking about six or seven players who are going to play all the time and rotate one or two out. And so here's a chance now for Naby for um, the centre-backs to be alternated as well, you mm. know, alongside Verge and say, well, OK, we've got two games every week and you can play in one of them. That keeps you involved, it keeps you up to strength and um, it keeps the freshness as well. So exciting times and definitely now is the time to be changing the team. Not wholesale, 
but like I say, two Here for this game, three for that yeah. game, and keeping that the ones he's the ones he's used up to now, keep it tight with them, and let's um, let's really put some more you know put some more points on the ball because if we're in just the same position at the end of December as we are now, we're in dreamland, aren't we? All we've Absolutely. just got to do is just keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, Damien touches on something there, Adam, and there's there's an interview with Klopp uh, with James Pearce for The Athletic. It's only come out this afternoon, so perhaps people haven't had a chance yet to read that. But funnily enough, he, he touches on something in the interview where he, he says it's by design that you know there's this many people. Of course, he could have a slightly bigger squad, but he doesn't want to because he said he wants to be able to work with them very closely, know what they're about, know what makes them tick, know whether they're happy or sad. And obviously, if, the more you bolt on, the harder that becomes. Uh, nevertheless, uh, there's uh, any worries at all about this squad and about the quality of the squad once you start to dig down? I mean, there are a couple of injury doubts this weekend. We'll talk about that in more detail later on when we preview the Palace game. But there are, depending on who you follow and who your friends are and things like that, there are still some people who are a little bit glass half empty type thing about about the current Liverpool squad. Well, I'm not one of them. Um, I think any squad doesn't matter how deep it is look at city you know any squad uh, if you lose there's there's certain players that that any any team any squad would be you know markedly worse if they lost you know everyone's you know, we know who ours are you know virgil went you know the, the, you might you might suddenly see us back to where we were pre virgil perish the thought um but uh, to be honest it's not something that's keeping me up nights and i think that um that 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 we are it remains to be seen but I feel like we're managing the squad and the season perfectly um, I, I, and we will talk a little bit about the injuries later but I mean more sort of psychologically I think that there's this this huge run of games coming and everybody knows how important it is between now and Christmas and there's not really that many players there that you couldn't I mean there's the core of the squad but the, the ones who were as, as Damien said like the Oxley Chamberlains and Kiters that are you know sort of on the fringes, on the periphery, they're all that they, they, you can make a case for all of them. If they were thrown in, they've got that they, they now is what they you know they're they're peaking in terms of psychologically being ready. I was thinking Gomez, you know, just before the international yeah. break, he comes on and obviously there's a bit of hoo ha when when he's away. Um, and um, who else? Shakiri even you know Lilani, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so, so Shakiri's probably one of the furthest away from actually playing, but. There's, uh, we you know, we linked to Fraser in the week, uh, which is sort of seems maybe just cause a little uh, like a like for like replacement. So if he was to be thrown in, he's got a massive point to prove, hasn't he? Um, as if he didn't anyway. So there's, I think Klopp when he's when he's talking in his interview, as you say, about um, doing what's right for each player. I think it is, but I think it is, but I do also think that he's got the team in in his mind as well. And so if he's uh, if he knows essentially that he is trying to make people make everybody happy, uh, but the, behind that there's also, well, I might keep him not happy for a month or two because I need him to be, you know, like uh, mad dog in yeah, uh, in November. Dog. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there is there's, there's that. I don't think he'd say that in an interview, but I think that that um, I just I, I suspect and, and and we'll see. But the, I think things seem to be. Um, coalescing together uh, to, to, to to launch uh, into a new phase after this international break and that the injuries might people dropping out of international football and things like that might be part of it Adam mentioned psychology there and you know the sort of the culture and the mindset at Liverpool currently Paddy does seem you know second to none basically yeah. I mean you know the, it's often brought up it's brought up in that interview referenced and sometimes as you say you, you wonder as, as Adam's just touched on 
you know, how much of his is spin, basically. They're never going to say, no, it's crap behind the scenes and everyone hates each other. Yeah. It, it, they're always going to say, no, it's great, it's fantastic and all the rest of it. And we'll never know because we, we're not in there. But nevertheless, I, I, I think the thing that stood out for me was that League Cup game against Arsenal where yeah. it was young lads, it was people on the periphery and yet they had that same spirit as the lads we've seen fighting for the first team and to come back, you know, to come back, take it to penalties and then win the shootout. That to me said... This club is so right right now because even if you even if you did suffer a few injuries, like say for example, you know all of a sudden Curtis Jones had to play because yeah. there was a a dearth of people in midfield or whatever, I'd, I think we'd all be calm with that because yeah. we've seen what he can do and it, you know I say it so often but it is and you can't bang the drum often enough. It's a fantastic time to be a Red because the Reds are boss at every level. It seems yeah. now you get the sense as well that if like. Like you said, if it was an injury and Curtis Jones was to come in, the players would be all right with that as well. It's not just like a psychological thing amongst the fan base and like everything. It's also the group of players are so together and so close. You get the sense that all the lads are just be like, yeah, well, we'll look after him. We know what he's about. We train with him every day. He's, he's a quality player. We can easily get through this game with yeah. Curtis in the side. But I think as well, the point that Damien makes as well sums up what's going through the club. It's You see in Madrid how they all feel part of it. And that's because each and every one of them's got a, a little story through the season. And you get the sense that if the season ended now, as it is with all of it because we won the league with nine points but all of them already have <laughs> sort of played a part like you can even look at like the likes of Lallana hasn't played too much football comes on and scores against United I thought he played really well against Villa in a, is, in a yeah. new role or whatever and that's another thing that I think the Klopp's done really well building into this phase I know there has been a core group of players that have been relied on heavily but you've seen you see Milner almost in most games be the first sub on 60 that's given someone half an hour off but it's also given Milner half an hour every game to keep ticking over so he's ready when for example that Leicester game when he starts and he played brilliant and yeah. is ultimately the match winner um, Arigi seems to be coming on and being being one of the people who can change games for us. So there's a lot of players now heading into this busy schedule that, although we haven't seen too much of them when you when you think about it, if you actually look deep into it, they've been playing here and then all been playing a part. So it's not just mentality; they're all physically ready now to go. Yeah, and Shakiri's got a mention already briefly in this chapter. I wanted to dig into his role really uh, coming up, Damien. I mm. mean, it, it's interesting. There's been little, not from him by the way, but just sort of press and, and what have you and a lot of dot joining goes on and I know that but he's back in training um, and discounting the community shield so far all he has to his name for the season are three substitute appearances so five minutes at Burnley in August six minutes against Newcastle at Anfield in September and four minutes in the defeat away to Napoli that's the last time we see him on the pitch for Liverpool in general now it's 34 games or 34 appearances I should say for Liverpool, 6 goals and to break that down it's 15 starts, he's been on the pitch 19 times as a sub and he's been subbed off 9 times Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you make of him so far and what do you think we can expect from him for the rest of the season I think we just signed him as a luxury player um, it's very clear Jürgen doesn't trust him defensively, I don't think you can say anything different you know, there was a game um, where he contributed a lot offensively last season, Southampton at home. And because there was gaps in midfield, Jürgen lashed him off and we all thought he must have been injured, but it was tactical. Uh, he's a fine player. Great touch, great eye for a pass, eye for a goal, and I just think he's a perfect substitute with regards to this. And the stats bear that out, that when he starts a game, he gets taken off. But he seems to get a lot of, he, he seems to get a lot of trust if, if he's coming on, you know. If you we're going to play against a lot of teams who are going to play very defensive, and we're going to try and wear them out, and then you're talking to someone who's going to come on and have some invention, who's got a shot on them, who's got an eye for a pass, um, 
who is going to be reliable when, when we don't have to defend when the game is getting played exclusively in the opposition's half. Shakiri ticks all those boxes. So if you're looking at if Shakiri was available on the market and playing for somebody else, you'd say, oh, what a boss sub then, and he can come in and he can play instead of Mane or he can play instead of Saleh. But obviously Jürgen doesn't trust him on that, that side of the game because we play so energetically because the players really do race about and press from the front and you know chase back when, when needed. And obviously that's the, that's the bit of the game where the glass is half empty for them. I think it's um, easy journalism and not, un, not, not unreasonable to say, well, he might not be happy. He's done, he's done a season of that and he didn't quite break through. Mm. Okay, so he wins the big cup. The season starts again. He might say, well, okay, we'll see how it goes again for him here. And for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. But it could be just that he's genuinely injured. And he could be did he's he get to a run a game? Issue, yeah. yeah, you know, and then talking about you know Adam before saying you know we're getting linked with Fraser. Is that one in one out? Is it a like for like? Is it another sub for another sub? I think it's just the nature of it. If you look at the, um, our front three, who in the world would just swap any of them for? Yeah. It's just an unfortunate position. And his gamble is he'll back himself. Fair play to him. And his gamble is that there might be one of those players out for a, a spell, and it gives him a chance to establish himself. And it just hasn't happened. Is he one of the ones, Adam, that you're talking about? Do you think he's, you know, sort of national away, ready to go, rearing to go, wants to show what he can do? I think he, I think he will be because he is a good pro, um, and it's a bit of a shame what's happened maybe since this time last year to him because, as Damien was talking, then I was thinking about you know, he comes on and win, wins the game against United at Anfield, doesn't he? Which is, you know, that that you know, I'm I'm happy with anyone who ever does that, basically. Um, here, here, and uh, and and he's been. I, I think that the, in previous to him joining us, he was maybe seen as a bit of a, a a bad influence in certain clubs. But like you know, he's just been been to we just had an international break, and he's not moaning to the Swiss press mm. or anything. So I do. I, I think. I think there is. It's fifty fifty for me. I'm not sure. I think. Did, is, is he, I think Klopp said he's lost a bit of a bit of weight because I know Klopp doesn't like muscly lads, does he? So it might just be that Klopp mm. was telling him he's too he's too hench. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 really not sure. It's it's a fifty fifty one for me for Shakiri, but I do think that he is he, he's definitely in that bracket for me of uh, if he did if he did get his chance. And this is this is the lucky position we're in that we've got we because we, you know in twenty ten or something that Shakiri would be our best player and we'd have to play him. <laughs> we'd probably be playing him half injured now. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's it, it is a, a a roll of the dice really for Shakiri. But I, I'd I'd love I'd love to see him come and play a part this month because. Yeah, he's he's just he's done some great things. I was uh, I was thinking on on the contrary though about how bad he was at Anfield. I think Phil Blunt tweeted it. How bad he was at Anfield against Barcelona. <laughs> he set up one of the goals, but he couldn't kick it that night. Yeah, and that's um, and that, <laughs> apart from once. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he puts it onto Genie's head, doesn't he? But yeah, he's um, and and then we've already seen him since. But, yeah. yeah, it was a, he was he was um, awful. What do you make <laughs> of it all, Paddy? I mean, I, I I personally don't think there's any chance that he goes, no matter what. I mean, you don't know where these rumblings come from. It may be agents, it may not. It may just be people creating headlines, joining dots, like I said before. But either way, you think if anyone comes sniffing in January, it makes no sense, does no. it, to to get rid because we are where we are. I mentioned at the top. All the competitions we're in, all the competitions we're going for, how well we started the league campaign. You can't see him letting anyone go because no. why would you? Would you? You know what I mean? In this situation. No. Yeah, no, I, I really, really like Shakiri. I think I always think sometimes maybe like, do I not know enough about Fussy? Because I thought this time last year I thought he was great. And like, Klopp's obviously seeing something I'm not. And, and, but I understand there is there must be things defensively. But I think what he's suffered from most has been more than anything the change of formation. This time last year we were playing four two three one. Where I mean, he was more of a he was a wide midfielder. Because 
even when we signed him, he was never ever going to get into that front three. I think even Klopp said when we signed him, he was like, you know, he's a, he's not a replacement or a, a substitute for any of them because he just hasn't got the pace to to replicate what they offer. But this time last year, when he was playing more of a wide midfield role, I thought he played really really well. Um, but yeah, like you said, it doesn't make sense for anyone. Don't if you if you read Dan Shaqiri, you look at last season and thinking from virtually February onwards he's frozen out and not getting looking but then starts a Champions League semi-final second leg and gets that moment that he'll mm. always look back on when he puts it on when Adam's head so you can always think well yeah I did play my part in that because we're at my cross when the momentum just after we've scored we might not go on to the final and then win it um, so he must be looking at it thinking I might have a part to play for a league title or another European Cup and again with the club I just think Klopp hasn't done too much January business in or out ever since he came there's obviously the obvious ones like Coutinho but to him, I just think he thinks, well, I like these lads and I like the group. And even if Shakiri's making Mo Salah laugh till like July, it's worth keeping him around. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If, if no one's missing Shakiri, if it's worth just for someone to be like, oh, we like him and he's our mate and I want to win the league with him, well, then it's worth keeping him for the sake of just selling him to someone. Because he's one of them players that he's always going to knock around the Premier League or one of Europe's top leagues. There's always going to be someone who wants to buy Shakiri. So I think it's one of them. I think it's a problem that Klopp will just say, listen, we'll worry about in the that, summer. I used to think that about Moreno as well. Yeah. We get Moreno for a while just because he's a laugh at work. Yeah. Every day he's a mad lad. Yeah. <laughs> but Shakiri as well, you know, Damien is is fantastic from set pieces. Oh, he's quality, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mentioned there, you know, the times he has got in, you know, it's just been as a late sub and yeah. things like that. But, Again, it's not bad to have that luxury, is it? To bring someone on it's with a must. that quality yeah, at it's that a stage must. of a game. Yeah, when you start the conversation, you start talking about, well, how many goals hasn't he got? And how many starts hasn't he got? And how many times he gets substituted off them? You start talking about the negatives and why that, why those reasons exist. You spin it round. The number of games that we've got, and like, like we're talking about, this this guy's really got a lot of quality in the last third. He's not going to dig it out. He's not going to help the fullback out, but he's got a lot of goal. Liverpool are going to play a lot of games where the opposition are back. Now, mm. if we say, for example, Brighton play defensively at, at Anfield, um, you know, when we play them, they've got them coming up soon and they make a good fist of it and we need someone to come on and change the game or we want someone who's continually trying to wear these out because he's looking for a pass and he's dragging people here. And he's, he's exactly that. And given this run of games that we've got and given that we haven't got any margin for error because we know behind us is a, you know, a world-class Manchester, worthy champions Manchester City team, and we've got to keep getting these points on the board. Then we need, you know, you'd be looking if Liverpool was to bring somebody in, you'd, you'd want to bring someone in who's at least as good as him. Mm. So as long as he's happy there, and as long as he's mm. prepared to say, "Well, I, I think there's enough games in this season for me. I think there's a couple of finals for this club, and I'm going to be a part of one of them. And there's a chance for me to contribute to a Premier League challenge and possibly even a winners' medal. As long as he's happy there, and as long as Jurgen's sprinkling them on enough, then he's the perfect squad man to have. If you get disheartened, you could understand it. He's a seasoned pro. You know, it's a you know, it's a short term job and he's got talents, so go out there and you know Liverpool would have to. But it doesn't make any sense if we if we get rid of him unless we get someone in who's at least as good because he that the quality he's got is is great, you know, and he's a pleasure think, to watch. Yeah, I think on Damien's point as well, I think the players really like playing with him, especially this time last year, it was one of them you'd bring him on and the players would be buzzing off him like because mm. I think one of the th- problems people had when, when we were linked with Sarnham in the first place was that they didn't they thought maybe he'd come in and be shooting from all from, from everywhere yeah. and like he'd make it all about him. He was at a big club now. But I think he came and he realised there's loads of people here who are better than me, but I'm still a good footballer. And Everybody I can passes up. to him, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Everyone so, passes yeah. to him they know they're gonna get it back because yeah. he gets yeah. the ball and yeah. thinks, Oh, how can I put Mo Salah in? Because he just give it to me now. I'm not good and enough. Salah to... goes and stands near him as yeah, well. Yeah. When he, when I noticed that loads last year, so I think he's worth keeping around anyway as an option because I think players really, really do like playing with him. Um, I, I think he knows. I think he knows his role in the squad, and I think when when he plays, he he, he knows his limitations, and I think he knows 
who's better than him and who's to pass to him. I think it's always a good option to have. Well, it's good to have him back in training and he was at a community uh, event in Kirby this week that we went down to and we spoke to him there and he seemed in good spirit. So let's hope he does stay and does contribute because uh, as the lads around the table have said, uh, he's done some good stuff in red. Let's hope there's more to come. Uh, listen, we are always banging on about the Anfield app and how you should listen to more of it, but there are, of course, other podcasts available and we are happy to plug one here. We are plugging Jamie Carragher's new podcast. He's got a podcast out called The Greatest Game. Uh, nominally the idea is that he speaks to people in football about the, their greatest game either that they watched or that they played in but as you can imagine with Cara it's a lot more than that and the one he's done with Henderson in particular I think is an absolute cracker well worth your time but John uh, spoke to Jamie Carragher about his new podcast so here's that It's John Gibbons for the weekend I'm delighted to be joined by Jamie Carragher who's here to promote your thing now isn't it you're normally helping us also but um I mean, to be honest, I thought all these years you were coming in to do us a favour, do you know what I mean, to be nice, but really, you were eyeing us up, seeing what we were up to, so you could uh, launch your own podcast? Of course I was, yeah, taking all <laughs> the good stuff and the bad stuff. And, uh, Plenty of that. Yeah, but but no, listen, you were a great help, actually, uh, you know, speaking to you, listening how it works, how you do these things, and and to be honest, I'd, I'd, just, I'd had enough of radio, listening to the radio. And uh, so I, I got into podcasts, spoke to you a little bit, the lads involved in that. And started listening to a few different ones. Of course, the Anfield Rap. <laughs> I like the uh, the Totally Football Show. I think James Richardson does that on a Monday yeah. with some people on there, Michael Cox and people. I really enjoy that. So I listened to that. And then I just thought of an idea of, obviously I do TV. I write a, a column in the paper. And I thought, well, an, another media now is, is a podcast, but doing it differently in that... It's not my opinions as such. It's more me having a chat with someone, listening more to them, and also me listening is the right word and that learning from you know other people, footballers, celebrity fans, other people's in sport, and you're actually taking things from them and you know for your own uh, education in some ways, but also getting stuff, having a bit of a laugh, put my own experiences in it, and, and that's why I thought you know podcasted work. But as I said, being on Sky and, and writing a column, it's always you feel like sometimes you. You're ramming your opinions down people's throats. Sometimes you think, oh, am I talking too much? Am I involved in too much? So it was a case of actually maybe do this, but do it differently. And as I said, probably more media skills in trying to actually ask the right questions and actually getting stuff, you know, out of people. What I thought surprised me a little bit and I thought was interesting is that you, you, go, you go with Terry on me first off and I'm like, oh, here we go. He's going to get all his... Famous mates on the biggest stars, you, you know, give you the phone book, and then second one's Paddy McGuinness, who obviously doesn't play. But so you've obviously you don't want to just do the big names in terms of football. You know, it's it's, it's people who've got an interest in football as well. Yeah, it's different things really. Looking at you, and you, sometimes you, you scramble around speaking to people even now, thinking who, who could we get on, who, who's got a good story to tell. And I don't want to, I don't want uh, to bring people. I don't. Want to, so we okay. You've listened to Terry on Rewan. There was very little. Arsenal in it really about that great yeah. team or the invincible. I don't want to talk about the invincibles. I don't want to talk with Stevie or Istanbul. It's a bit, you know, they the we we know that. I know I'll be bored listening to that all. You know, just different things. I think the Henri one was really good and that you know oh, stuff about his dad and being a young player. I thought it was really fascinating. So that was me, as I said, educating myself and learning stuff and and and, and how things work. So it was that was good. And the Paddy McGuinness one was just you know more of a laugh. So I think it was it was interesting seeing the reaction to the Paddy McGuinness one because I think I think everyone thought that Thierry Henry one was really good and he was I thought he was fantastic but it was a, it was a serious football chat 
Whereas the Paddy McGuinness one was more of a laugh. Mm. So I don't know if people were just thinking like they're going to get that every week. Yeah. So, it, but it, I think it's difficult to, to have that every week. And, and to be honest, you're only, you know, the person who comes in, it's, it's what he's like and what you want to get from them. Do you feel you can come at things differently as a footballer than say a journalist would or a supporter would? Because when we interview people, and to be fair, it's, it's Rob Aweer who, who always hammers it into us and says, come at it from a fan's point of view. Don't go in there and try and be a journalist because... A, what's the point? There's loads of people doing that, and B, you're just not going to do it as well. Mm. So, so we always think, what, what will fans want? What, what, how can we come at it from an angle of a fan? Is that what you sort of t- taught yourself, or or trying to tell yourself to do as well? So, if you're speaking to Thierry Henry, how can I relate to him as a footballer rather than, as you say, just ask him, oh, what do you mean, suppose? What was it like? Yeah, I think, I think we've got a big advantage, ex players in the media now, because if you look at say me and Gary. On a, on a Friday, the Friday night show, we're interviewing managers. We're just, you know, getting a bit of experience of doing different things. And one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast, asking questions rather than just answering them and just trying to make yourself all round better at the job you do. Because Gary's not going to go back into management for obvious reasons. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into coaching or management. This is, this is what I do, the media, if you like. So I, I want to be as good as I can be at what I do. And, and can you learn the, the other aspects of it? in terms of, as I say, getting stuff uh, from people. And I think the advantage we have is, if I get Thierry Henry there, he can't just fuck me off with a, a not an answer yeah. on something that I yeah. think he probably could do yeah. with a journalist or, you know, you know, come up with cliches. Yeah. I think they'd feel like they've got to give you something or they, we're both in the same game, we know what we're at, so yeah. I'm not going to... You know, I'm probably have a bit more respect for me asking a question than a journalist. Not because I'm better asking questions, because I've played played against them or whatever it may be. So I'm just hoping I could bring that to it, really, where you're probably getting a little bit more out of people. I think that's fair, and I think that's that's something that I haven't thought of really. But the, you know, if someone gives the whole, oh yeah, it's we all got on all the time. You can just go off, do us a favour. Do you know what I mean? Because you well, know what well, it's it was like. a good one. Was uh, obviously Jordan Henderson. So I listened to it last night, and. At the end of the show, we ask people what's the greatest game they've played in and yeah. the best five-a-side team. So he's, and Jordan Henderson's the nicest man in the world and he's picking his five-a-side team and he's going, Alisson, Van Dijk, and I had to cut him short. I said, right, no. No, no players from now. So you had to keep... He was just sitting on the fence all the time. Now, probably a journalist would have to just sit there and go, OK, yeah. he's going to pick Alisson, Van Dijk, Salah, whoever. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can get into that. No, we're not having, you know, so you can add a little bit more and he'd probably, well, he did You're making him pick Lee Catamol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, please pick, pick me. <laughs> I know you're competitive as well. Um, I remember last year... The top bit, of the league, yeah. <laughs> so I remember uh, last year when you did the Legends game and you did a bit of a, uh, a five-a-side in the gym in Melwood for the, for the for the press and you're battering into people and uh, upsetting a few lads. And they go, <laughs> so I know you're still competitive, you still got that. I mean, now you're doing podcasts, do you want to be the best? Do you want to be number oh, one? Oh, yeah, of course. No point doing it without it, isn't it? So uh, keep an eye on the charts a little bit. <laughs> so uh, no, the Ethereum on Rewind was... Uh, Went really big. Paddy McGuinness' one has done really well. I'm sure Jordan's will do really well on the back of obviously how well Liverpool are doing and you know the big game against Man City was heavily involved in that also. But I mean, the podcast is as I said, I, I started listening to them, but I only don't know that many. I only listen to the sport, your mm. one and the totally football show, maybe a couple of others. But there's really big podcast shows, and everyone was telling me about just a fella called Joe Rogan. Yeah. 
I, I haven't got a clue, you know what I mean? So I looked on it. So when Thierry Henry's one, the greatest game went above Joe Rogan and thought that, we've made a decent start because he's quite yeah, uh, he's big massive. on these... Uh, huge. Podcast, so that's the target now. Can we be Joe Rogan every day? <laughs> we forgot about the Anfield Brown now. <laughs> Fair play, we're like Everson. Bottom, <laughs> yeah, 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 bottom half. Um, do, do you enjoy the formats? Because obviously, I know you how much you enjoy telly, and I know you know you've obviously excelled in it. But it's 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 very hitting your marks, isn't it? It's why we've got eight minutes to make your points. Are you enjoying that the freedom of well, this is as long as it is? And yeah, yeah, I do, and it's, it's relaxed. And I think the people I've spoke to. They enjoy it because as soon as you put a camera in somewhere, everyone just you know everyone just tenses up a little bit. They're scared about what they're going to say, even though it's still going to go out there what they say. Yeah, it's a it's a lot more relaxed. If you're doing a newspaper column with the, with no cameras, but you've also got a journalist next to you as well who's who's chipping in with different things. So I think as soon as a journalist in the room as well, people are not quite as open, or certainly not as open as they've been on the podcast because it's almost like you're chatting to your mate. And there's a tape recorder in the middle. We know that that's there, but it's a bit more... Well, I certainly think I've got a bit more out of people than I would with, a, as I said, with a, with a journalist there or a TV camera. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, th- I think the I've, I'm halfway through the Paddy McGuinness one, um, so I like the, I enjoyed the Burnham Park chat at the moment, but I mean... Okay. Yeah, but, but the, the Army one, obviously, I've listened to, and I think... I think He's great, and I think the, the chat is, and I can tell. You can tell when it's good because it gets better the longer it goes. And that's mm. not to say it wasn't good at the start, but you can hear him relaxing yeah, yeah. into it and just and just sort of enjoying it. And as you say, almost forgetting that it's being recorded. I think, and it's just it's just a nice chat amongst two friends, albeit amazing. No, it is. We, we, we've we've basically got ten in the can, if you like. So we've done the first two. So the the next eight will take us till after. I think we'll probably have a little break at Christmas, and then just. As I said, we're just working out now who else we can get. So basically, every few weeks we get one that will probably take us towards the the end of the season, and then I think after summer off, and then to see what we we do with the start of next season and, and try and keep them going. But it's it's not easy in in a in a podcast. If you're doing your own podcast, it's just you, isn't it? When you're interviewing people, you, obviously you need people to come in. It's not as easy to just say, okay, we're just you know rocking up at this day and this time. You got to go and see them, try and get the right people on as well, and. So it's you know I think it'll be a challenge going forward uh, you know to keep the uh, the guests of the right quality. I'm sure you've got that hit list there of uh, <laughs> people you want. You're on it, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah, you won't be Joe Rogan then, mate. I tell you. No, but I mean, best of luck with it. And I know, like, when you obviously when you do something, you throw you you full self into it. So I've enjoyed it so far, but I'm sure it'll be brilliant going forward. But it's available. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's it's everywhere that you normally find podcasts, isn't it? Yes, you know more about that than me, so I keep getting told when I tweet it, make sure you put Spotify, podcast, and yeah. uh, iTunes, and, and all that, so I'm still getting new to this world. I actually put something on yesterday on my Instagram. I put a picture of me and Paddy McGuinness, and I said, uh, to listen to the full podcast, go to me link in the bio on my Instagram, and then I went to me link in the bio the next day, and it was actually my newspaper column. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so used to yeah, saying that, like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, well, it's doing really well, despite Jamie's best efforts on yeah. marketing. It's, it's doing great, and I can't wait to listen to the Jordan one, and I'm sure the, the next few will be boss too. All right, thank you. 
and it's John Gibbons here with another insert, another read-through, and this time it is Football Index. I think this is the first Football Index one we've done, so thanks a lot to them for supporting the Anfield Wrap. And Football Index is a stock market for buying shares in footballers. So if you think you know a lot about football, you know who's going to be the next big thing or who's going to be emerging uh, on the football scene, then this is a way to make money out of it. You, what you do is you buy shares in players that you think will perform, and if you know your football, obviously their value will rise, and then you can sell them. So it's exactly like the stock market, but for footballers and it's all about their performance and their value and you can even win payouts when they score and assist and when they perform in the media it says uh, there we go I'm not quite sure what constitutes performing in the media there but you know um, have a look out for that if you do want to play you go to footballindex.co.uk or download the app and use the code Anfield on sign on and to get £500 money back guarantee so that's a £500 money back guarantee and start trading in something you love obviously today with Football Index do remember that it's for 18 plus only and this is a form of gambling so please gamble responsibly if you want more on that you can go to begambleaware.org but do get stuck in I've not played it yet I've had a little look it looks really interesting I've noticed that for example Trent Alexander-Arnold is close to doubled recent over the last year or so Harry Maguire is another one whose stock's risen so if you spotted those before anyone else did you could have made a few quid of it I know Neil's brother plays actually so I might get him on they've, they've, we've got one of these due next week so I might say to Neil get your brother on and get him to talk about it but it does look good fun it's also the only football stock market out there at the moment it looks you know so it's, it's the one you want to play it looks a good laugh I'm going to try and make sure I do have a go but as I say Neil's brother is already playing and I think has won a few quid on it as well so I might see if Neil wants to speak to him but if that sounds like it's for you then it's footballindex.co.uk down or download the app but make sure you use the code Anfield when you sign up to get a £500 money back guarantee but yeah that's football index thanks a lot to them for supporting the Anfield Wrap. and it's John Gibbons again and we're doing the weekend the quiz and the weekend the quiz is brought to you in association with last fan standing uh, that is a posh way of saying that we're working with last fan standing at the moment and is it a quiz app on your phone hopefully a few of you have downloaded on it already I know some of you have because some of you have won uh, they do cash prizes every every match day uh, for their match day predicted quiz they do cash prizes and I know quite a few of won including someone who scooped 100 quid on their own the other week which isn't too bad uh, at all so yeah I hope you enjoy playing uh, this weekend before I forget uh, I'm hosting the quiz on Friday so every night at 7pm they do a, a quiz through the week which is just sort of general LFC knowledge uh, Friday nights or tonight if you like is all to do with previous games against Crystal Palace and I know this because I hosted it and then also I'm hosting the predictor quiz tomorrow which you can play up to three hours before kickoff so anytime from midday until three o'clock if you want to play do get involved and if you can guess what's going to happen in the upcoming game and you can get eight questions right then you can win a share well I say over 100 pounds but the, ev- this week every time someone new plays they it goes up a pound so uh, the pot could be pretty good so it's a good week to get involved good week to tell your friends and it's uh, if it's, if you're a new player obviously it's completely free to play as well it's free to download and you get some free tokens to go into that particular quiz as well but without further ado and i spoke a lot there who's been waiting very patiently uh peter lloyd is going to play the uh, the last one standing quiz with us now and uh, compete for a place on the leaderboard and also get some merch thrown in as well so uh peter i uh, you're right yeah, not bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, where are you calling from, by the way? I'm not, I am not. haven't asked you. I'm calling from Oxford, where I've been living for about eight years. You're living there for eight years? Do you like it? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's got chock full of boozers, so I can't complain. It is. It has got a lot of pubs. Um, do you know, 
Rob, Rob and Neil are big Oxford fans. Um, Neil's, yeah, I've heard. Ne- yeah, so Neil's, Neil's a big Inspector Morse man. So he likes to go to Oxford and pretend he's Morse. Um, right. and, and Rob just likes anywhere where there's a lot of pubs in close proximity. And he doesn't really yeah. care that there's not going a lot going on after eleven o'clock because he goes to bed at nine. So, um, so it's it's perfect for both of them. So they they like, you know, they'll. Um, so Neil's away at the moment, but if he wasn't, they'd somehow manage to get Palace away into a into an overnight stay in Oxford. Um, so there you are. So that 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 is my Oxford information. But uh, but you obviously like yeah. it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I keep hoping that Oxford and Liverpool draw each other. They keep managing to avoid each other in all the cup draws, which is really frustrating. Yeah, Got really o- close last time out. Yeah, because Oxford have had a few decent cup runs, haven't they? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've played Tramia and been to see them play Tramia, and I'm going to watch them play City in a few weeks as well. So, yeah, yeah. it's close, but not quite. One day. Uh, anyway, so, Peter, we're going to play now. So, basically, I've got 10 questions in front of me, and you need to keep getting them right. As soon as you get one wrong, then you are out. And yeah, you go onto the leaderboard. And I keep saying this leaderboard; it doesn't physically exist, but I will do it uh, one day, and we'll see how you go. So, uh, you know, so we'll see see how you do and see how you do compared to. I think I think Nikki is still is still first, I think, but um, I'm probably wrong. Uh, anyway, uh, so Peter, the first one is: which of these roads is adjacent to Liverpool's home stadium? Is it Goodison Road or Anfield Road? Anfield Road. It is Anfield Road. I don't think there is a Goodison Road actually. Uh, I don't think that exists. Uh, but obviously, obviously Anfield's uh, over the park uh, from Goodison Park. But um, yeah, Anfield Road is adjacent to Liverpool's home stadium. So you've got one. So we're flying. Um, who made the assist for Salah's goal against City? Was it Robertson or Mane? So Salah's header sent us two 0 up against City. Who put the cross in? Uh, that was Robbo. It was. It was Andy Robertson, a belting cross indeed. Uh, which team did Coutinho leave Liverpool for? Bayern Munich, Real Madrid or Barcelona? Barca. Yeah, he's at Bayern now, but he went to Barca first. Which of these clubs did Klopp manage? Eintracht Frankfurt, Salzburg or Mainz? Uh, Mainz. Yeah, started at Mainz, now he's here. Uh, Liverpool's all-time top goal scorer in the Premier League is Owen Fowler or Suarez? Um, Owen Fowler, or Fowler. It is Fowler. Fowler. It is Fowler. We got five. Come on, lad. Uh, who scored City's goal in the recent three-one defeat at Anfield? Was it Aguero, Silva, or Sterling? Uh, Silva. It is uh, number seven this season. This season, Liverpool have, on average, spent over fifty percent of their time in the opposition's third of the pitch. Is that true or false? Uh, so let's get our heads around that. So this season, no. Liverpool have spent, on average, more than 50% of their time in the opposition's third of the pitch. Is that true or false? I mean, I want it to be true. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, why not? Let's say true. It's false, I'm afraid. I love your optimism. <laughs> I love your optimism, but that would be absolutely insane. Uh, it is only 34% <laughs> in the final third. Hey, but you've been positive, Peter, and no one could fault you for it. And also, you've got six rights, which isn't too bad indeed. So, you know, if we do do semi-finals or quarter-finals or anything, I think you've got a decent chance of getting in there. But there you are. Uh, do us a favour and message me your, your shirt size and your address, and I will send you um, something else in the post as well. But uh, thanks for playing. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, before you go, are you confident for Saturday? Yeah, of course. We're usually quite good at dealing with these post-international game fixtures these days. So, yeah, pretty confident. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's worth sort of putting out, really. I think we, we always think, oh, coming back after an international break. But first of all, it's the same for most teams now. I mean, every team in the Premier League have got internationals to sort of some degree. And, and also, if you look at our results last season in particular, uh, they were very good. And also, obviously, incredible in terms of playing teams sort of outside the top six we normally swat them away. So I am confident too. Um, but yeah, no, nice one for playing, Peter. And yeah, we'll keep playing these over the next few weeks. Keep an eye out on the Facebook subscribers if you do want to play. Uh, sorry I missed last week. It was completely my fault, but we got Peter in the end. And yeah, up to Reds. Hello, it's John Gibbons for The Weekender, and it is the Harry's insert. Harry's have been partnering us for a long time now. We do appreciate their support, and I also appreciate getting Harry's through the post that has happened to me recently. I'll have a VAD, my new blades through the post, and my new shave gel through the post, and I'm getting stuck in, and it's great gear. It's very, very good. It's a close shave it's a good shave and for someone like myself who's got sensitive skin it's very much appreciated everything that they put into their product uh, just to give you a bit of background on harry's uh, to ensure the best quality products harry's bought a factory in germany that's been making blades for over 100 years so this is where they're at at the moment and um, the factory team is more than 600 engineers designers craftsmen and chemists to make Harry's products from the finest materials and ingredients and all of this ensures a quality shave at a fair price so we encourage you to sign up now. You can sign up and get your trial set for just £3.95 if you want to get started shaving with Harry's today. Uh, in that trial set, you will get the weighted ergonomic handle, the five precision engineer blades with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, the rich lathering shave gel, and the travel blade cover. That comes all in your trial set, which is just £3.95. And it is really good. I've stuck with them. They sent us the very first one, but I've since signed up and stuck with them because it is an excellent shave. And as I say, I'm someone who cuts easily. I'm a very sensitive soul, as you guys know. So uh, I am someone who uh, who does appreciate and need that uh, rich lathering shave gel that they provide. So yeah, thanks very much for Harry's, for obviously for sending me some new stuff through, but also obviously for supporting the Anfield Wrap. If you want to support us by um, supporting them, go to harrys.com forward slash Anfield. That's harrys.com forward slash Anfield and they will send that trial set straight over to you and you will never look back. Hiya, this is our little uh, weekender insert here. It's Josh Sexton, Andy Heaton and delighted to say we're joined by Stephen Darby. Uh, Stephen, I understand you were at the uh, you're at the Man City game at the weekend, the Liverpool Man City game. I know Andy's just asking you off air what you think about the uh, the Reds in the title race this season. Um, what, what did you make of the game first and foremost, I suppose? So it was a great game. Don't Liverpool brilliant, especially first half. I think the intensity that they play is uh, is incredible, and hopefully they can uh, that will continue. continue. And do you think at, at your peak as a player, you could you could have you could have made a, a cut in this Liverpool side? Or no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I think you see now, obviously, um, the way they're playing now, and how Jurgen Klopp, Jurgen Klopp has got them playing. I think that's the rewards from the hard work over like the last two or three seasons. Um, no, it's been building. It's been it's been coming, and I think I won the European Cup last year. I think that's um, just give them that belief that they they can win win trophies, and hopefully that they can go on this year and uh, win the Premier League. From, for someone who's actually been on the journey and not just watching from the outside, what's it? I'm talking specifically about Trent. I mean, what's it like? It starts so you're at the you're at the club. You go in. You're seven, eight years of age. You go through all that coaching, all that pressure, all those games. To step out, and, and you obviously famously made the Champions League. What what's what's it like stepping out to Anfield in front of a packed crowd? It's not a matter. I'm saying a Champions League night under the floodlights, um, you know, singing 
you'll never walk alone with the Champions League music. It's what you dream of. Just mentioned Trent there. It's what he's been dreaming of as a young kid. And to get his opportunity, uh, he's he's been unbelievable. But to also stay there and what he's done, worked his way into the England setup and uh, to win the Champions League at such a young age, he's, he's been unbelievable. So how must, how must he be? How must he be feeling as a local lad? He's like basically, you know, he's seen as, and we've said before, we said it's previously like there's nothing better than a Liverpool a Liverpool side and Liverpool crowd likes more than a Liverpool son in the team. I mean, what, what, what how can how can you describe what, what what he must feel like going through this at the minute? See, it's what he's dreamt of. It's what he's been dreaming of um, since he was a young kid, and that's why he's been working so hard. And I think, especially being a local lad and carrying that extra pressure, um, you know, the fans love to see the local lads come through. They can relate to them, and for him to be playing week in, week out at the level that he is, it's brilliant. But he's also got that pressure and that expectation on his shoulders. So I think that's what separates the top players from so the good players and the average players. He's proven over the last couple of years that he can deal with, with that pressure of uh, playing at the top level. I mean, uh, I how, how much do you rate him? Because we had Jimmy Carragher on a show quite recently and he was talking about Andy Robertson and Trent and he was saying, like, as much as Robertson's seen as, like, you're the typical aggressive up-and-down fullback, he said Trent's just, like, so... I mean, what do you think Trent's, like, so much more? He's almost like a midfield playmaker playing at, at right-back. He is, thing he's got Everton. You look at his, his pace, um, you know, he gets forward, he can put a cross in, to say the amount of, the amount of assists that... That centre has, and also um, Robertson as well. They're a massive part of the way Liverpool play. As you say, I think you can put uh, Trent anywhere on the pitch, and he'd still be the best player. And what do you reckon then? Do you reckon Liverpool for the for the title this season, or let's hope so. <laughs> uh, say, Not you your can't call it now, can you? But they <laughs> no. put themselves in in a great position. But but that's all it is. They've now got to forget what's gone on over the the past few months and. And look forward and really kick on and try and um, try and make that gap a little bit bigger so it's a little bit more comfortable for the, for everyone watching. But I mean, now I say they put themselves in a great position, so hopefully they can capitalise on that now. Just going off off last season and it being so close, and obviously the the the, the game in Kiev. There's two questions really. How much do you think the import the the European Cup win in Madrid will be for them to kick on and maybe to go that little step further this year in the league and also. How important do you think it is to have the, the, the experienced players they've got in this Liverpool side? So you've got like Henderson's there, James Milner who's won a title at Manchester City's there. Just having that know-how when it gets a little bit fraught and a little bit on top to have people who've, who've been there and done it. That's crucial. And I think winning the, the Champions League uh, last season, that'll give the squad that belief that they can compete and they can win you know, for the, the top honours. And hopefully they can, they can use that experience from last season uh, and take that into this, you know, be a different competition, but they've got that experience now of of what it takes. And you just mentioned there, you know, Henderson, Milner, um, you know, and even the young lads that are in the squad, like Trent, he's got that experience now uh, over the last couple of years, and hopefully he can draw on that uh, when needed this year to, uh, to hopefully do the job. You've got a bit of a split. You say you were at the game against City, I believe you were there with your wife, so there's a bit of a split interest there. What was the reaction like when Liverpool scored the third? She didn't jump up anyway. <laughs> she was uh, she stood up, so that wasn't too bad. And thankfully, we were still married driving home. Uh, but now she took it well. Um, it was funny when Liverpool were playing Villa and City went two one up, and obviously Liverpool was still getting beat one nil. She was made up, 
But uh, 15 minutes later, she wasn't too happy. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure she'll be happy me mentioning that. But um, when well, no, I say it's uh, it was a, a great weekend, um, and the way Liverpool play at the minute, they you know, do look unstoppable. And hopefully that'll c- continue. Stephen, of course, the reason you're here today is on behalf of, of the Derby Room at MND Foundation. Can you just give people a little bit of a, of a backstory of, of that foundation from from the point of view of yourself and, and of Chris as well? Yes, when I was diagnosed uh, last September uh, 2018, uh, Chris Rimmer, who's got a good friend, who's a friend of my brother, uh, Kev, he got in touch uh, and offered his support. He knew what I'd be going through. Chris has been battling MND for for five years now, and um, unfortunately, you know he can't move his arms or his legs. He can't feed himself, and he's on um, breathing apparatus. So that just shows how brutal the disease is. But Chris, being Chris and um, the man that he is, he offers support to me because he knew what I'd be going through and what my wife and the family would be going through. So. He shared his experiences and all the advice that he had um, over the years with MND and straight away his attitude was similar to mine as in right, we'll put it to one side and, and look forward and try and do everything that we can to make a positive impact and that's obviously what's led us to, to set the foundation up together. We felt doing it together uh, we'd be stronger and obviously we sit here today with the, the Derby MND Foundation and it's great to be uh, doing it with Chris. He's been an unbelievable support, and the support that we've had since announcing the foundation has been incredible, and we can't thank everyone enough. And what's that been like, the actual sort of setting up of the foundation? I know there's probably been a few sort of obstacles along the way, but how, how has that process been for yourself and Chris? We've been very fortunate, the fact that we've had um, you know, Matthew Buck, who's a great friend of mine, close friend. Um, he's helped us massively uh, with the PFA, Thanks to Gordon Taylor, John Hudson, John Bramall, they've helped us all massively in, in setting up the foundation and the support that they've given us. Probably couldn't have done it without them, so we've had that support there and that's been massive. And now we've we launched in, in October. Hopefully we can we can push things on now and, and really make a difference. And myself and Andy were down at the launch day at Anfield in, in, in October. And one of the things that stood out was the was the sort of scale of, of the support that you've been receiving. And, and, and I mean that in the, in the sort of most literal sense in terms of the amount of people who've gone out and got behind initiatives and took part in different walks and, and bingo and things like that just to try and raise money for you. That must be so sort of heartening to you to, to see that many people coming out and, 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 you know, physically, you know, putting their bodies on the line, I suppose, to, to raise some money for the foundation. It is. It's in, it's amazing to see, and the support we've had has been. It's really has been overwhelming. Uh, say from family and friends, people we don't even know who've got in touch and are doing fundraisers. They say a load of different ones, from walks to bonkers bingo, and um, you know the list is endless. And so the support that we've had from the football community as well, obviously from Liverpool, Bradford City, Swindon, but also from fans and clubs up and down the country. The, the messages that we had. We can't thank everyone enough and it's with that support that it'll enable us to to make a huge impact and a positive impact on MD to try and, you know, raise awareness, to try and support individuals and families who are battling M and D and also to to donate money towards research to help find a treatment and a cure. And then setting up the foundation, you must have sort of got to the point where maybe in October you were quite relieved. You felt like the hard part was done. But what's what sort of next for the for the foundation now? And what's what's the next steps that you have to take to to, to you know keep pushing on and keep spreading that message? 
yeah, it's, it's finally now set up and hopefully now we can keep pushing things forward. Say we've had an amazing response from uh, from the family, friends and from the football community and, and the support we've had has been incredible. So hopefully now we can keep pushing that on. We'll have um, a number of events, a number of official Derby Rimmer MND Foundation events, which if people want to... If you want to have a look, then go on the website at um, the Derby and they can also reach us if they got any questions or they want to find out how they can raise money. They can uh, find us at inquiries at derbyrimmermnd.co.uk. So hopefully, um, hopefully now we can start making a positive impact and, and making a difference. And you got it all right with the plugs there, anyway. <laughs> <Just about. laughs> well, yeah, we'll leave more in. information for that in, in the descriptions of the, of this show, of course. And uh, anybody who does want to get involved, uh, you know, you can you can do by using hashtag attackmnd on social media. Obviously, follow all the Derby Rim at MND pages on social media as well, and, uh, and make sure you get behind what is uh, a great cause. Uh, big thanks to Stephen Derby there, uh, a very brave man, as I'm sure you'll agree. And we'll be doing a lot more with him on the Derby Rimmer Foundation, so look out for that. Uh, now we are going to talk about Crystal Palace, about being reunited in a football ground with Roy Hodgson once again. Um, lots of people still like Roy, don't they? Still, lots of people around the country love Roy, love his books, love his big watches, love his shredded wheat hair. Um, and lots of people at Liverpool still don't like him. Um, Never have. There's a piece on The Athletic uh, this week, really, really positive about him. There's a piece written by me, really, really not positive about him. Um, Damien, you've already, well, you've already given it away. You're not, yeah. you're not a fan of the man. No, I obviously don't know him. Yeah. Uh, when he was doing our press conferences, he sounded like he was, you know, doing something out of Jack and Ori, like you know, like a kid's, you know, it's like making everyone feel better than that, you know. And he's had a very successful, very long, distinguished career. He was just never in a million years a manager who should have been within a million miles of the Anfield hot seat. We were in a bad place as a club at the time. Um, it was probably Hobson's choice. I've got nothing against the fella. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't look out and hope his teams get beat or think he's like dreaming of beating us and putting one over on us. I just get on with your career, great. And I, I, he's at a club where they seem to like him, and there's plenty of clubs around like that. So, sound the style of football isn't something I, I particularly mm. appreciate. Um, I'm quite happy with what we've got. Let's press on and let's um, beat his team. I mean, the interview in the Athletic is revealing in some respects, Adam, and that he's still going on about uh, training sessions that he, he, he nicked off Terry Venables and things <laughs> like that. And it, I mean, I'm very, very glad that he is not our manager and Jurgen Klopp is. <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. I don't think about him as much as I used to. But you, I, you used I, to exchange a lot of pictures of him, didn't oh, you? Like, yeah, oh, God. Oh, Johnny sent me one the other day. There's, there's a, there's, it must be from this week. There's like a kid who's got both arms and legs around him. And he's like, and you can just see it's Roy's back. It's like there's this delighted kid who's quite That's old. On the athletic. Yeah. Clinging, That's clear, on the athletic. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I'm not as I say, I'm not not as obsessed with him as I used to be, and I, <laughs> but I mean I was, and it was, it, and I do think that he's one of them where he needs to not have a spotlight on him. Really, I think that so this it, you, the, your Fulham's and your Crystal Palace is a sort of ideal because it was once. Once he was in a big, yeah, yeah. Once, once he was in a big spotlight, and he had to talk all the time. He just gave himself away constantly, and it just, and I still, and I still know his game now because because of how how we like got to see the pattern of what he was doing of kind of like, pre, in, it, managing expectations at every step and like getting ready even before anything had happened before the game. He was sort of preparing which players to 
elbow under the bus just in case and you know stitching up the young kids and i don't know it's just i look I, I do i really i really like the idea that, it, that his career's got this far just by very delicately managing expectations all along the way and and so it amuses me to see him in third because he'd be flapping i mean we we do know what he's about don't we paddy and and i don't know whether that, that helps or not going into this weekend i mean we're just fans we can talk about it and I think you know the the type of football he plays, how the decisions he'll make around teams. I mean, I, I seen a stat somewhere this week, and I haven't written it down. I'm kicking myself now, but it was along the lines of, you know, they've only conceded five goals in the league at home, but they've only scored four. Yeah. And I was like, that's the most hodging <laughs> stat I've ever heard in my life. If if there was one, but you know, I mean, if Palace are happy with them, Palace are happy with them, and if Fulham fans still want to talk about him in a nice way, they can do. He yeah. can simultaneously be. A good manager for them and a bad one for us. Yeah, I, I, I think the maddest thing about him is how he's like still a thing, you know. Like I thought, <laughs> like when they went out, to, when England went out the Euros, I was convinced, like, right, we've won the argument now, he's, yeah, he's gone yeah, exactly. forever. Yeah. And he somehow managed to find this niche club where they all really like him, don't they? And they they're yeah. all really into him. And they want to have a bad word said against him, even like in the times when they're not doing so great. And I just think. You it makes you think less of them, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and you, look at their, you look at their squad sometimes and their players, and you just think, this just. just Definitely, someone out there should be getting loads more out of them. And on, on this weekend's game, and how we know them, I don't want to tempt fate or whatever, but you just know any young, ambitious manager be looking at this going, right, we get top of the league at home, let's have a good, really good go at them. We've started the league really, really well, we've got all, we've got really good players. But he'll be thinking, right, how can I somehow like get my way out of this or like damage limitation or either get away with the draw, not have any go at all. Or just you know make it a two one yeah because then I'll sell it to the fans as well. Look one how one good, would look, be utopia. Yeah, <laughs> look, look how good these are. Like coming to Argan, like we're never going to get anything against them. And somehow they all just go, yeah, yeah, all right. We'll really say it, so we'll, we'll accept it. Well, I think it's mad. I, I think we need to start. We'll start on this show right now. Let's start changing uh, the narrative to use that phrase. But let's start changing it right now, Damien, about the idea that Palace are a bogey team. No, uh, there is not. this re- residual feeling that I've got from. Reds have been around this week even. The reality is, th- listen carefully everyone, we've won six of our last seven against them, including the last four in a row. Our last defeat at Sellers Park was under Brendan Rodgers in 14-15. We, meanwhile, the champions of Europe, are un- unbeaten in 29 Premier League games. We've won 24, we've drawn five. It's one defeat in 51 Premier League games got to be confident, haven't we, mate? Yeah, I think we should be as confident <laughs> as uh, you're making the case for. I know they've won a couple of games at Anfield, which will stick in their minds. And I think the whole bogey thing obviously goes back to that. Um, Chris, Chris Stamble, Stamble. Nice, I mean, it's you know, a draw. Well, yeah, well, fair enough, you know, whatever. But and They I gave think, us a game at Anfield last season as well. Indeed they did, yeah. It was, yeah. A, it was a cracker, yeah. Um, and for the um, for the older guys like myself, you know, it goes back to the fact that we can beat them 9-0. And then lose an FA Cup semi final yeah. against them, you know. So yeah. you know you don't remember all the wins in between those. You just those are memorable moments because they are the, amongst the greatest moments for their team. While we're getting on with other projects, you know what I mean. So I think that's the residual feeling for it. But the reality is that we've got a very good record down there, and um, we should not get sucked into anything else other than. And Liverpool are really good at this. There's a game in front of us. Doesn't matter about the one that's just gone. Doesn't matter about where we are in the league. There's a job to be done here. This is a, a resilient bunch. And you know it's it's all coming together. I think a, a really good illustration of this game would be to look back at the Aston Villa game, and you've got yeah. a traditional ground, you've got a team down at the bottom of the league playing 
big club than me is up to you know this is the reason that they're in the Premier League for three o'clock kickoff let's have a go work as hard as we can you know and Liverpool can look at that and things went against Liverpool on that you know against Villa and you know the, the decision that could have been a goal decision that could have been a penalty and and kept, yeah, like yeah, well. exactly yeah. yeah so just keep going keep going don't get carried away we don't need to win 9-0 we don't need to do anything other than just what we've been doing and you know you can talk about for example Zaha who gave Milner a tot of time mm-hmm. uh, at Anfield yeah, yeah you know um, but would you swap Zaha for Sadio Mane Let's go down there and, and play to our strengths. And um, I had a quick scan about you know the expected lineup on that, and I noticed the um, the Evening Standard in London, which is not a particular uh, favourite publication of mine. It just came up on the on the feed that I was looking at, and it just said expect a tight game and Liverpool to win with like goal. And so there's the London press, yeah, you know, and I've heard like Andros Townsend playing it down, saying we're expected to defend a lot in a game like this. So I just think the whole that's the true narrative. Mm. Never mind the bogey team thing, and let's just get on with what we're doing. Just keep doing what we're doing. The last five, Adam, uh, for Palace, 1-1 draw, 1, lost three. Uh, they lost to Chelsea in the last game. They lost to Leicester before that. They drew with Arsenal. They lost to Man City. And the last win was at West Ham United. Uh, the other thing I think worth mentioning as well, and, and I'm, I'm cribbing this a little bit from um, James Pierce's piece in The Athletic again, so sorry, mate, you've done the research and I'm robbing it, but, you know, such is life, mate. Uh, but Liverpool, 10 points from losing positions this season already. The last seven occasions when Liverpool have conceded the opener, they've won six and drawn one. Again, just loads and loads of stuff that says the culture's right about Liverpool, the mindset's right. And while we might talk about Hodgson and bogey sides and remember games absolutely years ago when all the people involved were absolutely different, you get the sense, don't you, that inside Liverpool, at Melwood, at Anfield, when they're having the team meetings, None of this, none of this creeps in. They seem to, they seem to be able to push all this stuff away these days. Yeah, um, there's. I think they do know how to win at this ground, um, and I think that that it may be. I'd like it if we if we didn't concede first. I'd like it if we didn't concede. To be honest, because yeah. we've been conceding exactly one goal in every game, pretty much, haven't we, this season? And that's worse than last season's non-all one. Um, so I'd like to, to see us getting back to, to to a bit more of that sort of solidity and I expect us to with Alisson back in full time but I wouldn't be surprised if it was another 2-1 wouldn't be surprised at all um, I think that generally it's been tight there I know we won 2-0 last year but it was a last minute two wasn't it and, and, and I think we'd been a bit under a bit of pressure before before we scored the second and then I think it was last minute winner by Salah the season before so uh, to make it two one, and so it is. Uh, it, away games are difficult, aren't they? Um, mm. no, it doesn't doesn't matter, you know how how good you are. There's a there's a Premier League opponent there that wants to that, that wants to have a go. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the, the the Hodgson factor, as I said before, when he was our manager, whenever we went one nil up, I think I was probably going to finish one one. Now he'll uh, he'll, yeah. he'll find find a way. But um, yeah, I, 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 like I say, I would love us to. It, it, we, we're going to be able to tell sort of from the first ten minutes, as, as, as you usually can with, with with our games. And I'd like us to. I'd like us to throw a few more um, Burnley away performances in, and um, a few a few less of the Villa away ones. Um, much as we end that game well, but yeah, I can just see it. I can see another two one. <laughs> Paddy, I wanted to do a, a little bit on the defence actually, and you know there is there is still a, a good chance that Robertson for instance, doesn't play at the weekend. Um, there's been varying reports this afternoon. Obviously, we're recording this on a Thursday. 
Um, but basically, there was, it started off that he'd, play, he'd played in the training session this afternoon. Now that's slightly changed to say that he's taken part in training. So has Salah, but the, but it was in the pre-contact section <laughs> of training. So in other words, not actually having a game of footy where anyone's yeah. getting stuck into them. So we shall see on that. But I think on the Robertson thing, you know, we obviously had the situation with the keeper. Um, you've seen the centre-half change as well. And there's been a little bit of disruption around the defence. And I like to think that's some of the reason for why yeah. we've maybe conceded one or two more. But nevertheless, I think Andrew Beasley wrote a piece in the week for the Echo and he was talking about how Liverpool have only allowed more than three efforts on target in two of their league matches so far. So sort of quality of chances and number of goals and stuff hasn't been alarming by any stretch. There was also another piece... Um, well it wasn't a piece actually it was a tweet uh, by a lad who'd done a bit of research which I enjoyed uh, and he was saying that Liverpool have, uh, have caught teams offside more than anyone yeah. else so while there's people digging the defence out a little bit there's plenty to say we're alright yeah. do you know what I mean and, and we can go to a place like Salah's Park and keep a clean sheet yeah I think with a, with a side as good as ours people are always going to look for something Yeah, and at the minute the, new, the thing at the minute is the defence there was times last season I think it's probably this time last year when we were winning every week, but people were quite saying the front three weren't quite clicking and was there something up with Salah because he was playing off front. And I think and I, my argument was well, we're winning every week, so I don't care if it's not like last season, like we're, just, we're winning games of football. But So I think that that's all it is at the minute, people looking for things and people seem to have this, I don't want to call it an agenda, but this thing because of what's happened in the past with Lovren and some people are never going to get over it regardless of whatever information you can give them or what you've seen from them. So I think that I, I think that's why it's a thing at the minute. But on them statistics, I think that sort of backs up the points that the goals that we conceding at the minute, the likes of Villa away and things, and even the one against City, they're just soft goals where maybe it's a little lack of concentration. That's bound to happen when you've got players who aren't necessarily 10, 15 games into playing next to each other every week. When mm. it was that settled back four of Trent, uh, Van Dijk, Matip and Robertson, which you'd probably say was our strongest back four, but everyone's fully fit. We've as solid as anything. And it's just that thing of now when, when players are coming out from not being in the side and not playing with each other every single week you're bound to switch off and also these games are so important and so tight and things that if you'd have kept a clean sheet against City that would have been mad like the games like that are just and the opposition's so good that you're just going to concede the goal yeah. and that Villa one's a bit unlucky because that could have been flagged for offside and you, you know things like that and it's, it's me it's, it's nothing to worry about really at all and you get the sense, don't you, as well, Damien, that Alisson, for instance, is just going to get better and better. He's, only, he's still sort of feeling his way back in. He's done bits and bobs where you've thought, yeah, this is the Alisson I know. Mm. But equally, he's not being like totally, totally imposing like he was previously. So what I'm saying is there's still levels, there's still places oh, yeah. for the defence to go. On um, on Robertson, um, if, he, if he isn't fit to play, I think the go-to is normally Milner, isn't it? But... Yeah. You've mentioned it's been mentioned around the table already about you know he's and he said himself his most difficult opponent was Zahar. Yeah. Now if he's on the left, obviously Zahar normally plays the other side, but he's he's able to play the other wing. He is, and you'd think even Roy would spot if Milner starts. Maybe we put Zahar then on that side, and then off you go again. It's worth but, a go, isn't it? But we were talking about this earlier in the day, and it's not just about one on one, is it? You know what I mean? So everyone will go, oh. Sahar against Milner and he got him sent off last time and blah 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 but Sahar one has been carrying a bit of an injury and may not play so we'll have mm-hmm. to wait and see on that also his his, his return hasn't been great you, you no. wonder about his head I yeah think. his arc got broke with the uh, transfer request exactly, didn't he yeah. um, it's one of them he's a very good player 
And on his day, and he might look at this and say, Liverpool are in town, here we go. You know, if he has, if he has been um, downhearted, there's only one way back, isn't he? And that's to play himself back into the form and what better to have hurt than to give Liverpool a tough time in, in a game. It's a very difficult one, this, uh, because uh, right back you'd sort of say, well, OK, Milner's all right for you know certain games, but there is a genuine threat of if someone is, is on form like Zaha that he could really, you know, be someone who could exploit you but Milner's good going the other way and Zaha isn't Yeah, you know and if they want to get their best player in his best position and start moving him around and they haven't got too much else to worry us with then that's tinkering with their team and this is where the mindset comes in if you analyse it and analyse it you can get really really worried about something whereas if we dominate the ball and if we know that Milner's good you know and he's learned his lessons and you know he's, he's no slouch Milner is he? if he's had a bad time against someone he'll have done his own work he'll yeah, have been around the block he'll, they'll have conversations and saying don't let me get one and one in there block that off there no passing lanes here all these conversations and so you know for example you know Trent playing at Man City away in the, in the uh, European Cup match you know everyone was terrified about how we get on against Sane wasn't it and he you know, he really came, and because in the previous game there was an issue that, you know, so, you know, once you've been bitten, yeah. you can sort of get onto it. And so I think the psychology around it is I wouldn't start worrying about who can Gomez go over to left back and can we swap them rounds and whatever. If Milner's fit, yeah, I'd just say let's have it. And you've got Mane ahead of you on that side. Exactly, yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. So there it is. If you look at that, at, at down that side, if, if Roy wants to take that gamble, go ahead then, let's have yeah. it. What, what, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, was just, I think make... them conversations as well are, are just supporter-based and over-analyzed. And I think the players, like we've discussed earlier on the show about the mentality and the togetherness of the group, I think they all just they, they all think they're great and they're right to think that. And I think I don't think one, for one second, if it has been discussed in training this week that Milner's going to go left back, the players will be speaking among themselves, going, "Oh God, they, what if he puts a hard on the right? Like, what's what's James going to do?" Like, I think they'll just think they'll go into the game and they'll think, "Well, all right." Like football's not played like top trumps where because the hearts we're faster than yeah. like they're gonna go one <laughs> nil. Do you know what I mean? So I think Van Dijk will just think, oh well, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that side and I'll keep an eye on yeah. that to cover him a bit more. And when Alden who plays left centre mid, they'll be like, all right, I might have to drop a bit when they they yeah. break on us. But I just don't think the players at all, especially this side, think of these things as problems anymore. They just think, well, they look for the positives and what Milner can offer and be like, well, what's he gonna do going forward? And rather than worry about it at all. Yeah, it's like the age-old Liverpool thing, isn't it, Adam? Of make them worry about us type of thing because. There's plenty for them to worry about. And I think we're at the stage where it's almost just like the whoever's in the shirts, you know, there's enough the, the, there's, there's enough there to frighten any opposition and they're yeah. not going to be, you know, the, 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 the other team's fans aren't going to be thinking, oh, you know, brilliant, it's Milner. Uh, you know, there's not, I don't think the, the other team will think of it as a weakness. They'll be, they'll be looking at everybody else, you know, yeah. the left back isn't the first thing you, you tend to look at for, um, for dangers. There's, there's, there is part of me, I think I, was, I touched on this before, there's part of me that thinks um, kind of big picture when we've talked about international breaks in the past, we sort of said, oh, like, I, I wish they'd all pull out. And, um, and, and, and it's a conversation me and Neil have had in the past of like, I wonder whether Klopp and the international managers has got a thing where he says, one, one of these breaks, I might, I might ask you because we've got, we've got things happening or it's going well. I might, I might, be, might, might be pulling a few out. And I think... There's part of me that thinks that we've just done that, um, so it, I'll be intrigued to see um, who starts because I do kind of think they might. Just yeah, because a lot of people came home all of a yeah, sudden, didn't they? Yeah, so, so um, Salah doesn't go and Robertson doesn't go. And yeah, 
Virgil um, comes back. Gomez comes back. Reasons. Virgil comes back, yeah. Jordan so, supposedly has a virus, but yeah, he's back and yeah. he's, he's supposedly fine. Gomez is fine. I just think that he might have identified this one as the one because of what's coming. And even if, yeah, I, I still probably, I think I'm right, even if they don't start because we've got that that much coming up that. I, I know that um, that Klopp likes to, to to have these sort of whole preparation weeks, and I think that this has been a, a, a big one. And I think that uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's I, I I feel like it's been a good a, a good break anyway. This this international break, I haven't yeah, any, any any footy, and it's felt relaxing. And yeah, it's a, a, it's it feels like we are really really gearing up for something. And yeah, this is this has made me. Uh, excited and if what you're alluding to has happened and they've had a word and said listen yeah. let's manage these players we've got a you know hell of a schedule coming up you can spin it the other way around say well yeah England's going to be in the Euros at the end of the year look at all what we've got on well, I'm going to be using these lads all the while if you want me to burn them out and you have got the leftovers in the summer that's up to you so let's work together here it makes perfect sense doesn't it all around yeah yeah and there's, and, and it's it's there's there's a there's a psychological thing at play with and and it is on the the agenda coming up with with City because yeah. we play first this weekend and I think almost as much as anything really that's that's such a key thing now for these for these next few weeks it's almost like who doesn't win first and it doesn't really matter who we're playing because I think if if we keep winning and and they slip. Before we do, before if if they drop before we do now, I think that's huge. Yeah. So us us playing first makes this makes this a, a it's a big game. They're all big games in the league, but this, that that makes this it's it's a it's a huge one to win. I think. Well, we know as well, don't we, Patty, from what we've seen from Guardiola that he he quite clearly keeps an eye on what Liverpool yeah. are doing. There's no two ways about that. So if Liverpool can come off the pitch at Sellers Park clutching three points, he will know about that. When they yeah. take to the pitch against Chelsea, so will the crowd. Yeah, and you know you can talk about it however you want, but everyone will know basically. And you would think that that, that makes a difference that they're going out there twelve points behind Liverpool at this stage. Yeah, no, definitely. It's I mean, it's not as if they're they grounds this big cauldron anyway. Like, but they're all in the boozers, keeping an eye on the three o'clock kickoff scores, and then going to the half five. And it's worse that they're at home, probably. Yeah, no, yeah crowd, atmosphere yeah. wise, yeah. the away crowds up, whatever, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and and even like again, like. I wouldn't say much about their atmosphere but a positive atmosphere just in general does help players so like Adam says about playing away from home Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva are playing away from home they don't need to worry about like that little small corner of away fans and what they've seen in the booze and being 12 points behind but going to a full stadium knowing the pressure's on we're all coming out of the ground watching that game and hoping that they slip up I think it's massive pressure on them so if we got three points this weekend I, I, I think they might struggle I really do think they'll struggle Absolutely, and just one last well, one last thing before we go. Uh, Sadio Mane loves playing Crystal Palace. Seven goals in nine against them, more than any other side. You get those little weird things in life, don't you? So don't back against Sadio doing it again at Sellers Park. Uh, thanks, everyone, uh, for being on the show. Thanks for listening. And if you fancy voting for the Anfield Rap as well, we are up for an award with the Football Supporters Association. We are up for Fan Media of the Year. We'd love your vote. Um, if you go to theanfieldrap.com forward slash vote for tour, T-A-W, you can vote for us there. Please do. Uh, the votes close the end of this month, I think it is. So get stuck in, vote for us. We'd love to lift an award. It's been a while and we've all got massive egos to feed. Uh, that has been the weekend from the Anfield Rap. Up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.